This is Blag the Ripper representing the dwarves, and you're tuned to the sounds of the dummy room. This is the big time, girly. This is rock and roll. thing by yourself. You're a spastic nerf bag all the time. You guys are not that dumb. Hey everybody, you're in the dummy room. I'm Jody Have Not joined as always by Let's hear it for Nate Demel. What's up, man? How you doing? Ah, doing pretty good, man. You? I'm uh I'm doing good. I'm pretty excited. Are you excited? I am. Yeah, man. Uh things are uh you know, things are things are weird right now. Things are all fucked up right now. Who are you kidding? <laughs> Things are yeah. It's been like uh, all weekend. I'm I'm watching TV. I'm kind of nervous about everything, and I'm I, it's, I think it was Sunday night. I finally like it hit me like oh fuck, we got KJ this week, you know? Yeah. And I kind of like I had kind of I, I don't want to say I forgot about him, but it was sort of the back of my mind. The show was, and um, yeah, it really made my day. I was like fucking KJ's coming on, so. Life is life is yeah. not terrible. One you know? positive thing in a fucked One up week full thing. of just fucked up it's, stuff. It's been a shitstorm, and every day it gets, you know, somebody says something, and it's just dumber than the day before. Yeah, and yeah. I don't I don't want to get political. Anyone can figure out who the fuck that is, but um, yeah, man. <laughs> but yeah, we got uh, KJ from Chick Stiggit, one of my favorite singers, favorite songwriters. I love Chick Stiggit. Yeah, this will be our third actual episode about Chick Stiggit. We did a uh, we did something like I think it was a top eleven, way 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 long time ago. And then we did uh, Craig, Craig from uh, Remingtons from Australia. Craig, um, he did an album review with us, right? Is that what we did? I yes. We, I can't keep it all straight dude so yeah so craig came craig sent us his top 11 for our top 11 so he was involved with that one okay but just because they're craig loves chick stiggett so he helped us out on that first one and then we did one where he came on it was episode 69 and we talked about um born on the first oh yeah that's right yep yeah, Chicks Dig It, so, man. What a great fucking band, you know. Absolutely. Been listening to them since the, you know, mid-90s, and I've never really stopped. I mean, I never I never stopped either. Um, so much good stuff. Yeah, they have, a, like, a really reliable discography. There's no, like, there's really nothing that stands out that's, like, you know how, like, certain bands have that record that nobody likes, and it, everybody acknowledges that just sucks you know what i mean like like kiss with the elder or whatever you like know screeching saying? weasel with like emo where yeah. like most people hate it yeah that's and a more there's apt. a few people yeah. that gotta be different and say they love it right yeah Chicks they don't it, have that it's just solid all the way through beginning to end they, you know yeah they've got four actual albums that are you, you know they're they're uh they're bulletproof Pretty and much. then they've got that wonderful Safeways EP, and then uh, 2012, which you know, at first when I first heard that, I think, I think I just wanted songs, you know. Yeah. But I actually listened to that today at work, 
and so I'm not it's sort of just on in my head and um, the songs are good man oh yeah so I kind of in my head like I almost want to split that up put it in a program and like split yeah. that shit up a little bit just so I <laughs> you well, know that's how the it hard is. part people's attention spans you can't have a 24 minute track because you want to get to the certain you know songs within the song yeah and but not everyone has are, time I mean, to sit down and listen to 24 minutes all at once you know yeah, well, it's only twenty four minutes, but um, but I think but the still. the parts within that song are are good. Oh, definitely. So, and you know, I'm not a Rush fan, you know that, but it is <laughs> kind of cool what they did there. Yeah, that makes sense, especially being Canadian. You know, Rush is yeah. kind of a it's like part a, of the Canadian code. Yeah, big they time. have to like Rush. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm yeah excited. So, it's hey, be man, cool. before we before we get into that though, I have uh, two things. Um, I want to talk about what, what, one thing that I really like to talk about on the show is, is new music, right? We yeah. like getting new music, especially from, um, good bands, you know, we have a pretty good record. Like a lot of times we don't get, I don't get a lot of shitty stuff. I did in the past, you know, when we first started, I got a lot of bad stuff, <laughs> which is weird. Right. And yeah. now we're, you know, people listen, a few people listen and now I usually get good stuff, but, um, there's a new record by, uh, by the Budweiser's coming out, man. Yes. So the new record, it's um, it's going to be called Lords of Budtown. It's on Monster Zero and Family Spree Records recordings. Okay. And I, I don't know much about them. I don't know who that is, actually. But, you know, we know Monster Zero. We love Monster Zero. Yeah. But it, I think it, it's coming out, like, next week. You're hearing this. It's going to be out, I think, it's out on the 19th of June. So, like, next Friday. Check it out, man. Um. I I know I sent it to you and you might not have gotten to listen to it, but um, man, there's a song called "Rocket to Your Heart." It's fucking gold, dude. Dark. 
cool stuff. I like yeah. I like uh, I like when we get that stuff. Oh yeah. What Hopefully, about that uh, uh, Bob Mole that dropped today, dude? Yeah. What'd you think of that? Yeah. I fucking heard it. I you know I was I was pretty uh, reluctant. You know I didn't I didn't think it was gonna be great. <laughs> you know just because I haven't really been into his solo stuff so much. Yeah. And fuck man, he he needed something bad to happen in the world to kick him in the butt a little bit because that song's great. American Crisis. Yeah, he's like channeling some old school Bob. <laughs> sound more like even like old school Hoosker, yeah you know? yeah yeah exactly he sounds pissed dude yeah i like but that it's still, sound i yeah it's it he sounds pissed but it's still it's still super catchy and it's got that pop sense of his kind of pop sensibility yeah. you know yeah i love it dude i thought it was great <laughs> i like the video a lot too it was cool I, yeah i like that kind of weird uh i don't even know what you call that it's almost and like it, a like c- cut out stuff yeah and, whatever yeah it was um cool. i didn't look into it is there like do we have a does he have an album coming out yeah or is it's, it's something like, like a new it's coming off the new record that's coming out in september and that's probably just because it got pushed back it's probably due out already you know what i mean yeah i'm sure um so he'll probably he'll probably be hitting me up about coming on yeah. right yeah i mean sure <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, boy man. could dream, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so hey, I gotta tell you a quick funny mile story. Alright. Um, Does this one involve poop in any way? No. Wow. Um, this so one we're breaking no. out of the mold a little bit. Cool. Dude, yeah, I know. I could I could do poop stories every week for sure. There's something <laughs> all the time. Um, but no, last night Miles has a weird eating habit lately. Like he doesn't like to eat at supper time. Okay. He he doesn't like to, there's no kind of structure for him. He likes to eat a lot like right before bed. So he refuses to eat at supper and then he gets hungry at like 8:30 right about when we want to put him to bed, you know. So he's usually eating whatever. I mean, he'll eat, you know, whether a sandwich or pudding or cereal or whatever, pancakes. <laughs> and um he sort of runs the house, you know. Yeah. But last night I'm sitting there with him, and, and Eli's eating, too, a snack, and Miles goes, <laughs> he goes, Eli, why do you hump pigs? <laughs> and I just busted out laughing, you know, and I think he was trying to say jump, because he was, earlier in the day, he was jumping over toys and shit. Yeah. And so I think he was trying to say jump, <laughs> but then he said, when I grow up, I want to I wanna hump a horse. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 yeah my my wife was like you know she came out and she's like what are you talking about you know and i'm like i'm, I'm not saying anything you know yeah but yeah dude it was so hilarious that guy says the funniest shit sometimes <laughs> and i think he's just he's just got the word wrong you know yeah let's hope <laughs> yeah so yeah there's uh there's my weirdo kid miles <laughs> weekly uh weekly update all right dummy rim it's miles weekly update yeah man and the fucking weather here i don't know what it's been like down there yesterday it was 95 um 1000 humidity <laughs> and then last night out of like nowhere, we get this huge storm and the wind. I thought it was a fucking tornado, dude. Like the power f- flickered a few times. Damn. And and then I had to run to um I had to run to the, the, the drugstore and when I driving there there was trees down and shit. Even yeah. in my neighborhood, like half of my neighborhood like didn't have power. And people were outside. There was fucking fire trucks and cops like not two blocks from my house, and we could we didn't even hear them. You know, we had, you know, it's just windy out, and it rained yeah. like pretty hard. But yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's like ninety five is hot, yeah. dude. It's hot Especially as balls here today, too, man. Because we've had eighty. That's been like the high, and then all of a sudden it's just like, bam. Yeah. Fuck you. You know. This year is just this whole year in general has been off, dude. Like the weather seems like it's been off. Obviously, all the crazy shit going on is way off. You know? Yeah, but I don't like it, dude. I don't like it either. I feel like there's it's like we're in a weird time warp because, like, usually there's news. Like, I mean, there's news, but I mean, usually there's like weird news. There's celebrity news. There's this kind of shit. You're hearing about movies. There's like nothing going on. So when you actually hear anything about, read anything, it's all about you know what's happening what happened yeah. in minneapolis and um and trump and then uh coronavirus which isn't even a thing right now no one's even talking about it but 
it's really like I miss like I don't give a shit about like news usually, but I kind of want some better news. Like I want something dumb. I want a a lighthearted story. Yeah. <sighs> it's been nuts, dude. The whole fucking situation's just so fucked up on all sides, you know? It's like Yeah. First we go from this crazy lockdown and everyone is fearing death and now there's like just ridiculous civil unrest, you know? It's like and clearly the cops are fucking racist. And I don't know, it's just all fucked up. And I'm I'm the type of person, I hate racists more than anything else. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I just fucking hate it. In this country, we're still, there's still some division on race? Like, what year is this? It's so stupid and backwards. Yeah, and, and I don't want to get political, but, you know, it's going to be, it, that'll never go away. You know, it's just, it's always going to be there, but it, it needs to not be there for the cops. You know, if anybody, sh- you know, needs to be on the up and up, it's the cops, you know, because they're yeah. the ones that can legally fucking kill you. Well, I think so, that, the, I mean, I don't want to get into whole, some big political thing, but I really do believe that. If you're going to be law enforcement, you should have some kind of psychological evaluation beforehand. Because most of the time... So it's like, you know, that's, that's all, all I have to say about that. Totally. That's so right on, man. You said it all. And that's as simple as it should be. Yeah. So here's what I want to do. I want to talk to uh, KJ right now. Yeah. We should do this. Yes. D-U-M-M-Y-R-O-O-M. Coming up next, we got a guest. We got a guest. Coming up next, coming up next, we got a guest, we got a guest, coming up next. All right, we're here with KJ Jansen from Chick Stiggit. Um, let's hear it for KJ. Sorry, <laughs> dude, I had to do that. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, thanks. How about you? I am, uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, uh, life is sort of a mess right now for everybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can, uh, I can tell, like I've been, I was wondering if this was going to even happen today just because I think, you know, your country's, uh, you know, standing up. It's awesome. And it's, it's terrible, but it's like, you know, it's, uh, we're just kind of watching, <laughs> you know? It's, uh, yeah. So do you yeah. guys, I mean, we, we, I think everyone's forgetting like the, we've had a, some really cool guests lately and they've all kind of started off by talking about uh coronavirus and okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of forgotten about the last week or so now but i'm wondering is that still um is calgary like shut down well calgary's starting to kind of come back and i think you know it's uh yeah i mean we were shut down up until maybe a week and a bit ago i think stores are open restaurants are finally open this week like 
limited uh, capacity or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's sort of starting to kind of come back and it feels a little weird. But, you know, there's always going to be people who are ready for it and people who aren't. And I actually don't know where I stand on it right now. You know, we've been we've been uh, hunkered down for, I don't know, like two and a half months or I don't even I honestly couldn't tell you how long we've been home <laughs> right and uh but I, like I have a really good crew t- to pandemic with you know my wife and two kids and everybody surprisingly got along really well the whole time so so yeah I, I kind of don't want it to be over in some ways but I know that you know it's also like you know at some point it has to right yeah yeah so I, I had to get that out of the way. So we oh, we gotta yeah. get we gotta get back to this uh, this video shoot. So uh, <laughs> b- before we started recording, everybody, we we st- we were kind of talking about kids, and we left it at KJ and the rest of Chick Stickett. They're all gonna get their tubes tied and they're gonna film it and continue on. Oh well, yeah, we were. I was just you know. <laughs> Like, I think the, we were going to do a music video of us all getting vasectomies, but actually getting vasectomies. And, and, uh, but I don't know if there's a doctor that will do that. You remember you know? the Green Day video? They did a video where they, like, filmed Billy Joe's, like, root canal or something. Okay, yeah. So, this is a little bit more, I guess, but... <laughs> I kind of imagine it's like a root canal. Like, I yeah. mean, it can't be that much different. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly no more pleasant, you know. I, yeah. I would, I would think you could film it. Yeah. yeah I'm, well, you know, we haven't looked into that part, but everybody's ready to kind of, uh, you know, especially our wives, I think, are ready for it to kind of <laughs> uh, be a be a thing that happens, not a thing that we joke about or talk about. You know, right. like everything else we do. <laughs> yeah. So, so would it be with a, like a new song, or would it just be like a video to an old song, or would there be music at all, or would you hear the snip and tie? What's going on? Well, you know, sometimes you hear a sound and maybe that sound might trigger a melody in your head and then a song comes out of it. And maybe we write the song. I guess you do it. You're on a table. I don't know how it even works. Like, or do they just like roll underneath you like they roll under a car? I don't know how it works, but you know. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, maybe, maybe the song gets written while the, the, uh, you know, process is happening. But yeah, some of our songs are pretty simple, so wouldn't be unheard of to uh you know write an entire chick's digit song while something like that is happening totally <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could like sample the snip sound and use it as a snare <laughs> actually that's not a bad idea <laughs> some new chick's digit fucking edm song <laughs> that's a good idea actually our first record we had to like trigger the drums because jason was hitting them kind of different every time he hit yeah so maybe it'll be kind of like that where we had that snip song. Oh, I like that idea actually. I'm writing all this down just so you guys know. Cool. So I, I'm wondering. I'm thinking that maybe as as I assume Kathy would be taping yours. Like you would be like lip syncing the song, and she could pan up and down and. That might <laughs> well, the be... way I imagine it that we get three vasectomy doctors in a room, and then because one of the guys is not ready for. <laughs> I think even having kids, so he will, maybe he will get him to film, but uh, yeah, he'll yeah. be the I'm doctor. Yeah, actually, you know, <laughs> I don't, you know what, I don't even care if they mess it up. Like, well, as long as it just works, I don't care if it, you know, you know, just make sure I can't have any more kids. That's all. Right. 
So KJ, you mentioned the first record. Can you tell us just a little bit about the story of how you kind of ended up on fucking Sub Pop? Such a weird label for you guys. Well, I mean, we're a weird band, actually. Like, if you think about it, like, and so maybe, it, and I don't know if it's a weird label. If you look at the Fastbacks, who are one of my favorite bands of all time, like, yeah. and the Fastbacks uh, were one of the reasons why we wanted to be there because, you know, we were fans long before we were on Sub Pop. And, um, but yeah, it was a weird thing. And, you know, it just kind of happened. And, it was the nineties and like we were getting business cards from like Geffen and, you know, universal and all these fucking major labels and stuff. And it was, you know, like a band like us should, that should never, ever happen. And, uh, (laughs) but it did. And, uh, but sub pop was, was actually a major label at the time. Maybe they still are, you know, cause they were owned by Warner, I believe. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, yeah, we were just out one night and played a show and, uh, one of the, owners of sub pop was there and like the show and we actually ran into him later on at another bar um and uh had no idea who he was and then the next day we found out that uh, uh bruce from sub pop enjoyed the show so that that's kind of where it got started but we had a manager at the time who was also the manager of the super suckers who were on sub pop and okay. uh who are also our friends and uh he got an offer from fat records um but didn't tell us really because he knew he knew that we would want to be on fat totally and uh so but sub pop had all this money and so he was going to get like a, a like a signing bonus based on you know the money that they were you gotcha. know giving us yeah so that's kind of how it happened wow. it wouldn't have happened had we had known that mike had called our and I'm using air quotes, uh, manager. Wow. You guys first came on my radar in probably 97. Uh, I worked with a guy who went to, he went to First Avenue in Minneapolis to see uh, the presidents of the United States. Oh, yeah. And you guys were opening. That was my favorite tour we ever did. Was That must have been your first big tour, right? We've done little spurts of big tours, but that one was like, you know, we had played with them. I don't know, eight months earlier in Seattle. And I remember because uh, we played with the Fastbacks and the President's United States, and we'd never heard of them. And uh, Neil Patrick Harris, who was Doogie Hauser at the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, Barney Stinson. Became, I don't know who that is. Is that? <laughs> He's a, it's some other show he did later that's really oh. good. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so he was actually moshing to uh, the presence of the United States. And we were like, fuck, get it doogie. And yeah. So we're like, wow, that's crazy that like an actual famous person would be like dancing to them, but they were great. And it was in the, in the at the crocodile in Seattle it was a small place mm-hmm. and it was actually recorded live. And our, our set was recorded live too. And at somewhere, um, but that's just an aside anyway. So, um, yeah, like six months later, the singer called, or it was mo- like not that long later, and he said, "Hey, you guys want to go on tour?" And I was like, "Yeah, where?" And he's like naming all these towns, and we had just been to like St. Louis and you know, you know Albuquerque and all this, and and uh, and he goes, "Oh no, we're playing probably different clubs than you guys just played." I'm like, "Well, what, where are we playing?" And he's naming like hockey arenas and like these big theaters and stuff, and I was <laughs> like, "Well, who are we opening for?" And he's like, "Well, you'd be opening for us." He goes, "We're number one in the U.S. right now." <laughs> and I'm like, you're fucking with me. Cause this is before the internet. There's no way, 
you know, to tell that kind of thing. So yeah, then we went on tour with them and it was great. Yeah, those guys were like super huge for a minute here in the States. It was crazy. Yeah. My this this guy I worked with was a huge fan of them, but he came back the next day and he's like Dude, you're gonna, cause I was like, a, I was like a punk rocker at that time, Weasel and Ramones and stuff. And he's like, you, you, you should have seen the opening band. You would have loved them. And I'm like, who was it? He's like, Chicks Dig It. And I'm like, Chicks Dig It. I had never heard of you guys. You know, that was so that was my introduction. And I mm-hmm. didn't listen to you guys until like maybe a year later. Um, when other friends, I actually saw you in Green Bay at the concert cafe. Oh yeah. And my buddy Tito was like you got to check them out. You, you're going to love Chicks Dig It, you know? And you guys played, like, some ridiculous long, like, set. Like, an hour and a half, maybe. I remember you playing, like, the same Sorry. Cheap Trick song, like, twice. And But I was Sorry. completely blown away. Because, A, your live set, I mean, you guys were amazing. You sounded great. You guys were super tight. And the energy was yeah, unstoppable. And then you, your banter, wicked funny, you know? <laughs> and everything, I was like, holy shit, he's literally saying, let's hear it for everything in the room. <laughs> like, I like I came home and I was like telling my friends and they were all like probably thinking I'm just exaggerating, you know? But you were literally like, let's hear it for that table. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I don't remember this, of course, you know, because yeah, yeah. Green Bay was great. Actually, Green Bay is an interesting story from Sub Pop. Um, they would send us these like envelopes full of like reports on like, you know, we fucking care. Like we were just like in a fucking band with our friends and it was actually totally a joke, right? So they're sending us these reports and and look over these and see what what markets you want to hit and whatever we're like okay markets and you know we're snickering at all this but then fucking green bay we had sold like a thousand records in green bay and like la is like six records you know new york two records (laughs) and so but green bay was like it was like off the charts it was more than the entire rest of the united states and time bomb tom who i'm sure you guys know yeah uh, runs the record store, and I forgot the name of his store. Exclusive company. Exclusive company, right? Yep. And uh, Tom would run the door. I'm sure you remembered. And I remember mm-hmm. going there the first time, and a kid coming up, and he was like, "Where were you last week for Mr. T Experience?" And he's like, "Oh, well, my mom was having a dinner party." He's like, "Listen, if you're not here next week for the for I don't know who the queers or whatever, you're banned for two weeks." <laughs> so you better be here and the kids like okay you know and i'm sure he probably forced people to buy those records you know but we didn't care because <laughs> like green bay was like amazing like that was such a fun place to play for us you know yeah all I, thanks I, all thanks to tom yeah tom was tom was great i love seeing shows there i mean he had great shows but part of it was was him he was so intense and he just loved the music. I mean, when he yeah. would get up, I'm sure he introduced you guys at one of the times you were there. But um, you know how he is. He just completely loses his mind. Mm-hmm. And the, actually, I I wanted to tell Jody this. I don't know if I've ever told him, but there was a flyer. You know, Rev Norb used to make a lot of the flyers. Yeah. And the coolest flyer, I still have it. And I'll post it. But um, it's uh, but you know, it's a picture of you guys. And above it, it says, uh, "Why are the balls bigger in the CFL?" Because <laughs> yeah chicks dig it <laughs> and i still love that flyer but um yeah i saw you guys there a few times and it was like 
you guys, I thought you guys were going to rule the world because that place loved you guys. Oh, I mean, it was like, yeah, we loved going there. And yeah, I mean, it, uh, yeah, it's one of our favorite places to play. How did the, you know, when you guys started, you started as a, like a kind of a joke, right? The t-shirt, somebody made a t-shirt in high school or something. Yeah. I had drawn a little logo kind of, well, it wasn't exactly in high school. I had to go back for a semester because I had skipped so much school in my grade 12 year. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of when I drew it. Mike Egerman and Marco Flaherty were already in university. So I was able to kind of live through vicariously through their university experience yet still be in high school. It's kind <laughs> of a magical time in a way. And so, yeah, in, in uh, remedial math, I had drawn this chicks dig it logo because we had, you know, come up with this name and, you know, a couple, couple of us were just banding about and, and so I drew it and then Mike had like a Apple two E or whatever. One of those old things just for like typing out university papers, mm-hmm. but he, but he was able to make like a, like a logo, like a metal kind of logo. And that's just kind of what we used. And then, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where the logo came from. Yeah. But we didn't really have a band or anything. It was just a <laughs> bad idea. I was, um, one time in high school, uh, my buddy, he, he knew this older guy who he worked at the record store and, and he, he ran a little zine. He did a, a bullshit interview with a band called Juan Zapatos and the Army of Fajitas just to, uh-huh. just for filler content in this little zine. And he ended up getting like dozens of letters written to him like people wanted to hear it. So he formed a band and we, we, we became the band. So that was oh, one amazing. of our first first bands and uh we were never called Juan Zapatos in the army of fajitas though i don't know why but yeah so well i always thought when i change yeah when i when i heard the the story about that i thought hey we kind of started as a as a you know bullshit reason too yes you understand exactly how (laughs) i must feel right now (laughs) but one we had a couple names and one of them one of the early names was actually the riff randalls and uh and so, and I have it in a book written down. So just to prove to Kathy that, you know, <laughs> she she fucking stole it from you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and one of the other ones too was bum sweat and tears. And later on, there was a butt sweat and tears. Yeah, Lawrence that, Arms. So yeah, I mean, we had, but well, we were bum sweat, which is totally different. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's um. So speaking of the Riff Randalls. I always wanted because I knew you you guys were you got married a, a long time ago, but I think mm-hmm. they were still around when you got married, but I always wanted a, a chick stig it riff Randall split. Well, you know, Kathy's like I everywhere we go to play, people are like, when are the Riff Randall's gonna play? It's so funny because and I tell Kathy, she's like, Oh no, that didn't happen. They don't really nobody wants to hear us. And I'm like, No, I honestly, like people ask. Oh, yeah. And so I think it's uh you know, I love the Riff Randalls, and I would love, you know, for that to happen. But uh, maybe you would have better luck convincing her because <laughs> she's not listened to anything I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> we did do a honeymoon tour together of Europe after we got married. That's and, cool. And uh, that was like, you know, another one of my favorite tours because it was just like the last time before kids where we just like basically drank our faces off and you know 
had a driver so it was like we could just you know there was no responsibilities you know and it was you know all we had to do was play a show <laughs> you know yeah so that was you know kind of a magical time in our relationship that's cool yeah i yeah i mean you can you can tell her that they should do something again but um when you go is like one of the greatest songs ever written totally I always wondered that. Is it about I don't you? Know if it is. I shouldn't say that, but I there was there was a few songs where I was like, "Oh, I better pull up my socks." <laughs> <laughs> New Riff Randall's records out. I better see what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I gotta tell you, I, I we we did an early early episode that was kind of a um I think it was a like a top eleven chicks dig it. I don't remember exactly. But um, we talked about having you on so that we could ask you what some of these um, some of these songs were about. Okay. I feel like I learned a little bit about weird Canadian culture through you. Okay. Um, I can I can tell you like I learned what CGIT was, you know, Canadian right. Girls in Training. Yeah. I learned yeah. what a peeler was. I had never heard that before. 
Mm-hmm. And um, that's a stripper, right? That's correct, yeah. And uh, a J. Crew. I had never heard of J. Crew before. That's a that's store. That's an American company, isn't it? I have no idea. Yeah. The, the whole point about that was just we would tour the States a lot and then people would talk about these things that we didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. J. Crew <laughs> and L.L. Bean were a couple of those things where we were like, you know, we would kind of look sideways at each other like, what are they fucking talking about? But we, we met somebody who was in an ad for, it might have been The Gap. Anyway, but we, it was all just one big fucking J. Crew to us. Like, yeah, that's an American company, isn't it? I don't know. I've heard of that L.L. Bean, though. Yeah. Let me, I'm going to look it up here. J. Crew. It might not even be around anymore after the pandemic, right? Yeah, totally. Well, I've, I've seen them since. I've, I've, maybe I'm just, I'm not a mall guy. So I know that I've been to some, we don't have one where I live. I live in Wisconsin. We don't have stuff like that. But, um, <laughs> no. no I, I, Are maybe, you guys kind of like the Canada of the United States? I think we're we're a little lower than Canada. <laughs> J Crew is literally an American yeah. multi, J Crew is an American multi-brand, multi-channel specialty retailer, Ooh. and it is based in Wisconsin. Wow. Really? <laughs> no, I'm just fucking with you. Oh. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't say. So yeah, J Crew is that's you guys and. Uh, what else? What other Canadian things do we teach you, or is that basically? <laughs> um, I'm sure there's. Um, I always wondered what uh, Sakomi Beach was. Was that, is that a real place? Yeah, that's a uh, like because we're in the prairies and there's not a ton to do in the summertime here. And Sakomi Beach is or Sakomi Lake is like a man-made. I think it's a man-made lake, sort of in the south part of Calgary. South part of Calgary is kind of like there's a lot of man-made lakes that they would build these communities around. Mm-hmm. But Sakomi Lake, I think, is just like, you know, like a park, like a provincial park or whatever. So um, it's not like, it's like a man-made lake we can go to. You don't have to live on the lake to have access to it kind of thing.
but the reason why we would joke about going there is because like like basically a month and a half into summer like all the kids just like piss in the lake and the, the water doesn't go anywhere and so they have to close it down to like drain the child urine out of it and then they can <laughs> I, don't, I don't know it fills back up again and then they can swim in it again wow. but people would get all these like crazy like uh you know crotch crotch yeah. things from swimming we, in Sakomi like we we had um Darren from Old Wives on early early oh, yeah. and he was he was talking about a lake that they made in Edmonton and he called it like gonorrhea lake or something like that but yeah. um but that was in Edmonton I'm pretty sure yeah, well, you know, there's gonorrhea all over the world now. It's like you can get it in Edmonton, you can get it in Calgary. They may they may have just gotten it in Green Bay, and I don't know, but uh, yeah, I think it's like kind of a phenomenon up here because you know, not gonorrhea per se, but um, just the man-made lake. You guys don't have a lot of man-made man-made lakes. We have some. Um, so I live I live near Minnesota, so there's like lakes everywhere here. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. We're, and so. And you you live in Minnesota, and, you, and one of you guys lives in St. Louis or something, right? Yeah, I live in St. Louis in the suburbs. I live, yeah, okay. I'm in Wisconsin, but literally, like right now, I'm two minutes from Minnesota. Um, so we're over there quite a bit. Oh, okay. But yeah, so you guys have more water, and it's a little bit more humid where you guys are. Oh yeah. Where we we are, it's kind of like dry, and uh, like you can't leave a piece of bread out on the counter for too long. It turns to like, you know. Toast, I guess. Yeah, or a crouton. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, did you really have a, a, a Mazda 323? she gave well i bought off her um and uh so that was kind of my first car yeah and uh, same here so, man oh really yeah that's why i always lo- i was like 323 and i actually had that car when i when i her- first heard that so well i'm interested to know if you had a two-door or a four-door i had the four-door amazing yeah. me too the four-door is not that common Mine was uh no I had a girlfriend in high school she had a she had a hatchback you know the two door hatchback okay and I I don't know I got mine later on but mine was an '86 and it was like a like a light mine blue was too. mine was a red '86 wow eh, look at that but <laughs> it was still a hatchback right um no it had a regular trunk 
four door oh. with a trunk. Oh really? Because mine had like a kind of thing that glass thing that kind of came up. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's like no a sedan yeah version. Yeah, you're right. Because I I remember she had a it was a four door with a hatchback. So that's what that's what you had. What she had. Okay. So, yeah. There you go. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna cool. I'm gonna find an old picture of it. You guys should totally like make a three two three uh, previous owners group on Facebook or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Start a new group. Be, the guy next door to me restores old Toyotas. Um, but maybe he's got some ideas about that. But that car was great. And at the time, there was all these like garage rock was kind of big, and all these guys are singing about muscle cars and whatever. And I was like, yeah, but what about my car? It's like red <laughs> and it doesn't go very fast. But you know. We all it has a tape deck that works, and you know we have, or maybe it just had a radio. But no, I had a tape deck. I had a tape deck. Yeah. Yeah. So it, yeah. So it's just like sort of like, you know, you can sing about, you know, tiny little Japanese cars too. You don't just have to sing about the <laughs> SS three ninety six. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. Right. Um, so KJ, what's up with uh, Christine from I Remember You? Is that a true story? Her name's not Christine. Okay. And she did have surgery on her spleen. So I had to find a name that rhymed with spleen. Gotcha. So. I remember you. The best friend of the girl I dated. I'm the guy that you forgot you hated. And see what's going on. She moved to Montreal. And found religion with some creepy pastor. If you see her, could you maybe ask her about my born age?
did you ever get that Varney shirt? No, that was sort of an amalgamation of another story where, <laughs> you know, anyway, I had a Varney shirt and then I didn't have a Varney shirt. So, so the creepy pastor part, <laughs> is that true? Uh, that's another Always true. story. <laughs> yeah. It is true. Yeah, it's all true. <laughs> Let's just get this out of the way. Everything I've ever sung about is true. That's cool. Well, everything was written about stuff like we experienced. Like it was the four of us and we just hung out together all the time and we're all kind of like jackass kids that would like fucked with people and drank a lot. And so that's kind of where like everything was, you know, kind of I never even thought that you could write about Twin Peaks to be honest with you or <laughs> anything else that I just saw you had to write about the stuff that you experienced. But uh yeah, maybe that maybe I'm going to start doing that cuz as you guys know, being a dad, you don't get out a lot. Right. Mm. So I was always kind of curious how you ended up having Kepi play with you guys for a while. How'd that all come about? So cool. Well, we did a lot of touring with them. Like we did a tour with the Muffs and the Ghoulies. We did mm-hmm. a couple tours just with the Ghoulies. And we, we met the Ghoulies the first time we ever played in the States. Uh, they came to a show in Sacramento. Actually, I found a picture the other day. Uh, where you can see the ghoulies on the side of the stage the night we met them. And, uh, yeah, like I was a way more mouthier to the crowd. Like I would kind of pick people out of the crowd and, you know, just like, you know, try and get them, you know, into the show or whatever. But sometimes that would backfire and they would want to kick my ass after the show. It's pretty common (laughs) for somebody to want to kick my ass after the show. And uh, so when Kepi came up, like he and Roach, they look tough as shit. And I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> and uh, and then Kepi's voice comes out of this, you know, because he's got the big leather jacket on, you know, the matching. There's a bunch of them with leather jackets on. Anyway, so, but yeah, we just became friends that night. And I don't think the Ghoulies were on lookout yet or anything. They weren't really touring. But uh, yeah, we were friends. And then, you know, um, I went back to school, like kind of in the early 2000s, and I was kind of, you know, not really into being in a band anymore. And Kepi was just like, "Hey, you got to play shows. You got to do this. You got to do that." And he's he's the guy that's kind of kept us going. So there would have we wouldn't have done Pink Razors, I think, if we hadn't have been egged on by Kepi. You know, I think. Wow. Yeah. So he's been a friend for like I think since '94 or '95. That's cool. Hmm. I always thought he was. But have you had him on yet? We haven't had no. Kepi on. I, I think we asked him, him a He's while like... back, but I think he was just really busy or something. Wasn't that the deal, Nate? Yeah, we asked him. We asked him for a Halloween show, so that's kind of his time of year. Mm-hmm. So he might have just been too busy. He's just so smart and so like kind, and he just has crazy stories. You know, like um, yeah, he's he's like been a good friend forever. Yeah. Put in a good word for us. There you go. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I think he. I think he's into doing it. I think so he I got, was ready to go on tour, and then a pandemic happened, right? So yeah, like so he might have a little bit of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw him like I guess last year was the last time I saw him, but he was doing like a the Kepi rights thing, and it totally ruled. It was fucking great. Best show I've been to in a while. Yeah, we were doing a thing where it'd be like he would play bass, and then we would switch it around, 
and then we'd be like we put on brown shirts and we'd be kept in the chocolate spoons and so we would be <laughs> both the backing band and the and then in chicks dig it as well so it was basically two bands for the you know traveling price of one and it was super fun yeah that's great i never heard of you guys doing that that's how long ago was that uh we did it like in europe a couple times like mostly in europe you know that's cool um not in the states it's too tough for us to get down to the states like um work permit wise like if i go in illegally and i get caught which you know will eventually happen um then i can't go to disneyland with the kids anymore or whatever and i'm not really into risking that you know yeah totally so but i think at this point like we have to join an american union and pay them a percentage of everything we make up here every show we make Damn. plus we have to pay for work permits so plus i owe back dues to the 90s for <laughs> being in that union so i think it's like a ten thousand dollar u.s bill we would have to pay now Jeez. just to get a work permit for six months and ha- like we can't it doesn't we can't do it you know yeah. so sucks, man. um but it's yeah it's a total racket this american federation of musicians is just like you know like we'll play a show here and we'll get a bill from them saying oh you owe us you know 80 bucks for the show you just played in canada that's insane (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's just like okay well this is uh, bad for business yeah so we can take that ten thousand dollars and go to australia go to europe like three times you know like i mean it's like you know and um so but we miss playing in the united states and you know we love it down there but it's just we can't afford to sneak in and we can't afford to uh, pay $10,000 for like three shows, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's crazy. So, that is crazy. What if you just came down and played the shows for free and just sold merch? Was that like a workaround? Man, we tried that one. We've been turned back for that one. Oh, we shit. tried that. And yeah, it's just, then they'll consider it promotion. You're promoting your yeah, band or whatever. Totally. So it's just like, fuck. So let's just go to Italy. Yeah. Let's go to, you know, you guys, I know I've talked about punk rock Reduno. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I have, we were at the first one. Yeah, didn't you, like, play some engagement party or something? I think that's what we, Franz was telling us. We played a wedding. Yeah. We played a wedding in a castle. That's crazy. And we had to, like, sneak in. Like, it was like a Tintin, epi- like a Tintin book where we were, like, crawling <laughs> under these bushes and, like, sneaking behind. And then they had this, like band set up it was super fun and then uh and then we left the wedding there got on this like party bus and then went to go see the mangies play sweet you know it was like perfect so cool yeah if you guys don't go to that you're you're missing out i would love to go to that yeah unfortunately you you know with kids and all that and mortgage and all that crap it's kind of yeah it's a, it's yeah. a hefty bill for me right now especially yeah absolutely i haven't, no, been, I haven't worked in like three months because of the lockdown shit oh man <sighs> what do you guys do you guys talk, ever talk about what you guys do for a living or is that like secret or what uh people kind of know i work in a bar so i've been out since uh march 14th was my last deal oh and, shit but, but the most of the bars around here are starting to open up, but they're still at like you know limited capacity, and it, and it has to be outside, and all the tables are six feet apart, so they don't really need me. You know what I mean? 
So yeah. a couple of weeks, I'm hoping to go back to work finally. But it's getting better, you know. Other than all the civil unrest bullshit that is going on, you know, it's like one thing yeah. after another down here in the the good old U.S. of <laughs> a. <laughs> We try not to be too political here, but yeah, this place is totally fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's you know, it's tough to watch. I mean, the 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 pandemic happened here in our government. It was actually kind of awesome. And where I live, they hate the the prime minister of Canada. Um, it's like the we're like the Texas of Canada. It's you know, based oil based economy basically, and oil has like. For a while there during the pandemic, it had a negative value per barrel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the insane. Alberta crude, anyway. Yeah, and so anyway, they hate him because you know, like the rest of the world, they're kind of moving away from oil, electric cars, you know, etc. Right. And, and so, um, but like, so unprecedented, right? A pandemic when, like, when was the last one? Nineteen seventeen or something? Something like that. Like, he just basically came out the next day. He's like, everybody's getting two thousand bucks a month. Um, and uh, so it's basically kept everything afloat up here. I don't know where the money's coming from, but everybody's <laughs> been like it's taken a lot of the pressure off. You yeah. Know? Um, so that's that's been really good, and yeah, that's um, great. So yeah, I think you know, um, uh, I I made a controversial comment today at work, and I said, yeah, you know, I'm actually kind of stoked on the way this is all gone and people are like fuck you hey sono Andrea De Mangis state ascoltando Dammi It's crazy, though, not to, to go too far into this, but don't you guys find it kind of yeah. strange that as long as the government offers people money and they have the food and power and internet they need, we could go into full-blown socialism just like that. You know what I mean? And no one will say a word. They'd love it. But uh, Well, you know, Canada is a semi-socialist country. Yeah. You know, I think that, uh, you know, we take care of our sick and our... You know, are the weakest members of society we take care of up here. Yeah, you have free health care in Canada, correct? Yeah, and, yeah. and actually, you know, since Trump got in, there's been a lot of politicians up here. In fact, our premier is like kind of a Trump, you know, style dude, and he's trying to privatize all these things that are like awesome. You know, healthcare should be free. You totally. know, like, um, and so that, I mean, that's the way we see it up here. But that's socialism, right? And socialism. I think in the United States, from what I understand, socialism is a dirty word. Yeah. And, it's not as bad I as mean, communism at, to the Americans, but it's damn near the same thing. It's super <laughs> close. Know? But yeah. I can tell you, like, it's, uh, if you look at Scandinavia, those are semi-socialist countries. Canada, and I mean, I mean, I'm, I definitely am not trying to brag or anything, but I mean, we're like some of the top countries in the world to live in. Yeah. You know, because you're taken care of and... It's not like handouts. Like it's not like we all just sit around with our hands out. Everybody works. It's just right. that, you know, there's people who can't or people who need help, right? And so, but maybe we are getting too deep into it. But uh, you know, I gotta say, like, you know, like socialism is actually not really a dirty yeah. word. I don't know if I'm going to be banned from your thing. country for no. life from say- <laughs> for saying that. But you know, 
I think a lot of our listeners are kind of in line with with us. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll, I I you know yeah I don't want to get on anybody's bad side for anything. So let's just talk about music. Let's talk about strippers and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's a good segue. Um, I mentioned to somebody earlier today that the good thing that came out of <laughs> this is terrible. The good thing that came out of this, uh, you know, the race issues and uh, this pandemic is this new Bob Mold song. Have you heard this thing today? No. American Crisis. I don't know. Are you no. a Bob Mold fan? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I like. I listen to Husker Du. Okay. He's a Husker Du, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, but, uh, man, this new song is, like, the best song he's done since Sugar. Since Sugar, for oh, sure. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. And, you know, totally, yeah, like, know. right on time, topically. It's pretty cool. I dug it. Well, I think there's a lot of good things that are going to come out of this. But, uh, you know, I'm glad that there's going to be some good songs, too, you know? Yeah. So um, have you been hunkered down? Yeah. You've been writing a lot of stuff, or what? <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, like, uh, we have, a, like, uh, you know, I have made a, during this pandemic, because I've been so disorganized, I'd write a song, take it to practice, we'd get it down, I'm like, hey, I like that song, great, and then the next week I'd do it again, and we did this for, like, fuck, three years, and it's like, hey, we should go in the studio, which is what we were planning on, and then the pandemic hits, Yeah. so I'm like, I gotta catalog all these songs and figure out, you know, I made a spreadsheet and everything, which is like, not a very chicks dig it thing, but I did it. And there's like 64 songs wow. that are like good that we like. And there's probably a hundred if we count the ones that are terrible. So, <laughs> but they're not topical. They're not about pandemics or anything cool. else. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, I promise you. And there's no songs about whiskey and no songs about cigarettes or not sleeping enough. Like, so we've covered things. We're trying to write songs that things that there aren't songs about already right do you do you find it harder to write uh like the because a lot of your songs are they're they're funny they're goofy you know do you find it harder to write stuff like that now that you're uh, an adult more adult parental uh, adult yeah, yeah i guess uh yeah i guess maybe they won't be as goofy i don't know i mean there has been sort of a you know as much as we can evolve i think there has been an evolution you know, if oh, you look definitely. through the records, I guess, there's always, we've always put one song that doesn't really fit with what we were doing at the time on there. Yeah. Like, uh, with the first record, there were some slow songs on there, which was actually like, we were nervous about uh, Hemp Pamperay and Song for R because they were yeah. slower. And because everything else we did was like, and then stop. <laughs> and then the second record, I think it was... I don't even know what's on the second record, but Chupacabra. 20 times is kind of slower, yeah. too. But we'd already gotten the slow songs into it, and that was okay. So then we put Chupacabra in, which is more of a rock song. Yeah. And then the next record, I think it was... Uh, fuck, there was one on the next Scene. record, too. Born in Toulouse. Yeah. I think that was kind of a little bit more of a, you know, a lovey love song, maybe, with a different... Like, recorded a different way. Yeah. Uh, Pink Razors had... Nobody understands me, which is like yeah. kind of <laughs> techno. Um, so Seems I think, weird. yeah, we've always tried to like slide something else in there that, you know, maybe to someone listening to us <laughs> doesn't sound like a stretch or whatever, but for us it is, you know? Right. So, yeah. But there, yeah, there's a lot of songs. Yeah. Hey, KJ, real quick on uh, Born on the <laughs> 1st of July, 
what made you guys cover that damn Sylvia song? I love that. And it's like, most people probably don't even know that song other than your cover of it. That's our best song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, like, it it was like, at the time, you know, my parents had country music on all the time in the 80s. And I always thought that was a great song. Yeah, I like that one. So I thought it was cool, though, that you guys, like... It was like, that's a deep pull cover. You know what I'm saying? It's not just like you're covering some fucking Ramones song. You're covering a super obscure Sylvia cut from the <laughs> early 80s. You know? That rules. Yeah, I just always like that song. It's yeah, song, it's a good one. So, I yeah. like your interpretation of it, too. But I always wondered, yeah. uh, you know, why did you guys change the title? Oh, well, because at the time, uh, the legal department of was like, well, you basically have to give all your royalties from this record to her. <laughs> and uh, we're like, but, you know, we really want people to hear the song. And uh, anyway, so I don't know if it's sneaky or whatever, but... No, she's not listening. I think, no. I, you know, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always liked that version, and it was just... I always thought it was cool that you pulled that one out, because that's another one, like, my mom, same way, dude. I grew up... If I went anywhere in my mom's car, it was that 80s country shit. You know, Barbara mm-hmm. Mandrell and Sylvia and fucking Dolly Parton and all that shit. And uh, Man, do you, ever, do you ever watch Barbara Mandrell on YouTube, some of the clips? I actually went back not even that long ago and watched a little bit of her variety show with her sisters. Because I always had a thing for that brunette one. But, uh, <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I found it to be very bizarre. Like at the time, it didn't seem so campy to me, but when you watch it now, it's pretty brutal. You ever see that thing they do? Because they are all shredders, and they do a thing where I think like Barbara Mandrell will be like playing a banjo, and then one of her sisters will come in behind with a guitar yeah. and sort of throw it around her, and then she goes one hand on the guitar and then one hand on the banjo. I don't know. Like they're, it's incredible. Yeah, like it's, it's a talented and, uh, women. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. I do. And plus oh, yeah. I could sing really well too. I always yeah, thought it'd be cool really... to cover that sleeping single in a double bed. Cause it's already kind of fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? It already has the typical beat that's in most songs that we like. Could be cool. You you should just yeah, do it. Like KJ. doing the slower ones, speeding up the speeding slower up ones. The slow ones yeah. More of a, I hear more you. of a, like stands out a little bit more, yeah. I guess. Yeah, totally. Know? Yeah, Mandrell sisters. What a trip. They're all sisters, too. Like, it's crazy that, like, that family, like, that they're all... Well, there's, like, a family up here called the Sutters. Yeah. You ever heard of them? I have not. And there's, like, no. seven boys, and they all played in the NHL. Oh, wow. And so it's it's kind of like the Mandrell sisters, but of hockey. <laughs> so their talents are just not as hot. <laughs> and uh, how does seven guys in the family make the NHL? Because it's hard to make the NHL. Hard to get famous. Yeah. And the Mandrell sisters are just insane. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's a trip. So growing up in Canada, what were you listening to? I mean, everyone always says how much you sound like fucking Brian Adams, which is a good thing. But I mean, what did you really <laughs> cut your teeth on as a, you know, like a teenager and shit? Well, I had like two, like two different sisters. Well, they were like seven and eight years older than me. So it's kind of like I'm the baby of the family. Also, basically an only child at the same time because they had kind of left the house and I was on my own. Okay. So one of them was kind of into what was on the radio. Uh, Another one had gone to Holland because my family is originally from Holland. My parents were both born there. And she'd gone to Holland to visit or to meet our relatives, basically, in the late 70s. 
and we have a punk cousin or she's not punk anymore but she's punk then yeah and basically was getting more into reggae so gave my sister all her records so she brought them back and it was like sex pistols stranglers um it was like you know lou reed just stuff that you know was not on the radio and so i kind of got into that and then uh and and there's a boomtown rats record that came a little later that uh tonic for the troops which is Mm -hmm. like i don't know if you've listened to that record it's great Mm -hmm. like those songs are great anthemic guitar solos like lots of different parts and it's tons of energy it's like a great record the songs are great and so i think that that's kind of what started but then at the time there was all these like new wave had kind of come up yeah and was on the radio and so that kind of i think it was kind of a combination of those two things and it's kind of who we are as a band i guess because we're you know we we're not punk at all (laughs) like you know um but you know we're just suburban kids i guess right you know or we were i'm not a kid anymore but um so i think it's just the radio and then you know one sister had punk rock records and that was kind of what was in the house that's cool so what age did you pick up the guitar well we wanted to start this band and i had a drum set because i wanted to play the drums okay and then we had like a little get together nobody wanted to sing and we, and uh, so I was like, well, I'll sing. But then singing and playing drums, I don't know. Like, some people can make it look cool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I can't make anything look cool, really. So <laughs> I was like, well, I'll sing. But I don't want to just stand there and sing. Right. So we had a friend who played drums. He played the first couple shows of Chicks Dig It. And then, uh, but I, I had to play, learn how to play guitar. And basically, I had, like, you know, three months to learn how to play guitar and sing. And I don't, I honestly don't know how that happened, but it was like three months. Wow. So that's kind of how it happened. I went from being the drummer, being probably the worst drummer, uh, to being the worst guitar player that Chicks to Get ever had. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, I got a, I got a good guitar question. Um, uh, you got your Rickenbacker stolen. Tell us that story. Well, actually, no, I didn't. Um, I got stolen. Yeah, no. Uh, so we had done a tour with the Riff Randalls and ended up in New York City. And that old Rickenbacker was cutting out. And it wasn't like, you know, that thing had like, there was like a full on bar brawl on top of that guitar. Like it was, you know, in the <laughs> middle. You know, in Indiana Jones, that one where the diamond's getting kicked around and yeah. he's trying to grab that. Yeah. And the, it was like my Rickenbacker was that guitar. Or was like the, the diamond or whatever, Damn. and uh, <laughs> so it was like it caved in, taped back together, and and uh, we played a show in New York with the Riff Randalls, and that was the tour that Kathy and I met on. And Dave, our drummer, Dave Alcock, and Mike Eckermont were just like, "You got to get a new fucking guitar," and they were mad and everything. And I was like, and then Mark was like, "I like that guitar," and I'm like, "I like that guitar," but so we had this huge fight, and I was like, "Okay, fine." So I went out and got uh, this. It's uh, Gretsch, Malcolm Young, yeah. Malcolm Young from ACDC. Totally. And uh, so I brought, we went to Europe right after that. And like five shows in, that got stolen. Oh. And so, but I'd left the Rickenbacker at home and never got it fixed. So it still has the strings on it from that last show in New York or whatever. Wow. In two, 2000. <laughs> but I still have that. And 
um, the, uh, the Gretsch got stolen. And then I ended up getting a red one. The one I had was like this weird, like flamed maple, which is a little too fancy for me. Yeah. So, but I like it cause it has one pickup. Do you guys both play guitar? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So it has one pickup, you know, and there's no bullshit, you know, that like flip switches or right. anything like that. It's lighter. So that's kind of why. Yeah. That's cool. Hey, speaking of your guitar, man, you're fucking, you got one of the most hard, at least you did back in the day. I think you still do it though. But you have one of the most hardcore, like Chuck Berry, Johnny Ramone stances, dude. You get so low. You're like Jughead on 11. Not anymore. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, there was a time. Well, I had to stop doing that. Like, I actually got hip problems. No shit. That. Because I was, you know, it's not just like standing there, but I was going up and down to the microphone. Yeah. Like, you know, a hundred times a show. And I was like, you know, I don't know, injured, you know, after the last bit. So I was just like, you know, and plus I would be drenched with sweat you know like so much so that it was like gross and so um which actually you know in hindsight was probably good for me but because uh, now i'm never drenched in sweat you know so which is a bad thing but uh um so yeah it was <laughs> like uh i had to stop because it hurt and then i started coming up a little bit and it's you know you can kind of sing a little better you can kind of enjoy the show a little bit more yeah you know and so, yeah, I apologize to anybody who thought that was cool, but I'm not as <laughs> low anymore. I, I remember one time I saw you guys and I was like right in front and I swear I was taller than Mark because he used to get down pretty <laughs> yeah. low too. I was like, geez, I can see over this guy. He's on stage. Yeah, Mark was always the lowest. Yeah. Like he would be fully spread. You know who's uh, um, Bob from the Socho Pistons? there like those guys are like yeah. you know um nas the drummer is the fastest right hand yeah in the world <laughs> like we the last tour we did last year with them was just like every night we were like holy shit that's not even like i can't even get my computer to do that <laughs> and you know it's like, zzz, like it's uh yeah and the lowest and uh yeah those guys have all the world titles now so i don't even really feel like i should be talking about it <laughs> Our buddy Craig uh, saw you at that show over the last summer. I think it was. When's that? When it was? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's Craig from sweetheart. Australia. Yeah. Yeah. He's a bit of a Probably fan. Nicest guy you'll ever meet. Yeah. He's yeah, great. He's but he loves chicks dig it probably more than Nate and I. And we love him. You guys <laughs> a lot too. But he's like on the next right. level type shit. You know. Yeah, he's such a good guy. Like it's it's like you know it's kind of. Yeah, it's awesome. Like that guy's great, and, yeah. and it was really nice to see him there. And yeah, Japan was weird because people actually there were people from Australia flew in for it and stuff because we hadn't been there in a long time. It's like it was those shows are great, man. Like just so there's one that is on YouTube, and it just looks like we're standing there, but it is like four thousand degrees in there and so hot and just like you know two o'clock in the afternoon, you know and just like that whole tour is just fucking great. That's awesome. And you put that, that <laughs> split seven w along with that tour. I didn't even know that that came on an old fat wreck thing. I thought it was some new song that Yukiko or whatever that song rocks. Oh dude. yeah.
We put that on that uh, uh, punk rock holiday. Yeah, um, someone corrected us because, like, like Craig told us it was new, and so we were like, "Man, this new song fucking rules!" And then we're all raving about it, and someone's like, "You know that song's like two years old, right?" <laughs> 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 no, we didn't. But thank you. <laughs> but but you know what's funny is we put it on that thing, and not a nobody said a word. Like nobody. Like there was nothing. Like, I think people got that album or like, hey, I got this cool collector's album from that show and never listened to it. I'll, I'm willing to bet that nobody listened to that record. Craig did. <laughs> Craig no, definitely Craig did. did. Yeah, but he didn't know. <laughs> he thought it was a new song too, yeah. right? Yeah. He must have got it after. But yeah. Yeah, usually somebody says something like, that song sucks or something. Or <laughs> <laughs> that's how. That's how bad that song is, I guess. I thought it was great, but I definitely did not know that it was on that Fat Wreck Holiday thing or whatever. But yeah, yeah, that's that's a cool show. Like we uh, we played that thing a couple years ago, and that that show is pretty cool. Like all the bands like stay in this old like like whorehouse or something in the middle of the like brothel. That's the word okay. for it. Um, in the middle of this forest, it's like <laughs> super kind of gnarly place. It's good. Yeah. Hey, speaking of fat, how did it come about that you guys went from Sub Pop to Honest Dons? Well, uh, Mike, we had waited because it said on the Sub Pop co- contract if we didn't agree to do another record, we didn't want to do another record. And the, you, we, you could tell that they didn't want to do another record either. But uh, so we had like a, a party at my parents' house and we waited till midnight because they had to call us by midnight to say they wanted to do a record. So at like twelve oh one, we like popped champagne and and uh, next day um, we called Mike because we had already talked to Mike and he'd said, "How come you guys didn't like right. you know respond?" And I was like, "What you know?" So uh, yeah, then uh, they just said, "Okay, we're gonna throw a party for you guys in San Francisco." So we booked a, like a little mini tour around it, drove down there, played the show, and it was basically just bands from Fat and the fat records people at the show. And then Mike's like, yeah, I want to put out your record. So that was that. It was like kind of 
organic, I guess. Cool. You are mm-hmm. uh, Fat Mike's what Canadian passport, right? Isn't that what it was? Yeah, there was. I think we did two records there, right? So it was like Honest Don. It was Honest Don's Canadian passport and Honest Don's. I can't remember. I don't remember the but second that was, one either. Yeah, that was part of putting out a record on there because you had to name the your little record label thing, right? It couldn't oh, just be Honest Don's. You guys did that. Yeah, so that was part of it. You have to come up with one. So we're like, "Fuck, hmm. I don't know." <laughs> you know, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't remember what the other one was. I don't know. It was Honest Don's Canadian Passport was one, and then uh, Honest Don's. I don't know. Somebody out there can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, were you guys shocked to get on Fat after that to make that transition from Honest to Fat? I think, well, we had done those two records and kind of taken a break, and then, you know, I... Honest Don's was already dissolved by, like, the time... Well, yeah, but I mean... Yeah, Honest Don's was gone, I think, by then. So I think everything just kind of moved over to fat. Like, grandfathered in kind of thing. Yeah. That's cool. put it that way. Yeah. So, hey, I got a question about your mom and dad quick. Okay. Are they they ever disappointed that you stopped writing songs about them? (laughs) Um, No. (laughs) um but uh yeah like for a while there when that first record came out it actually it you know it did all right here and so like kids were like calling my parents in the middle of the night like you know (laughs) out of the phone book and shit and they're like fuck like why couldn't you why couldn't you gone to university like everybody else and that are doing this (laughs) stupid band shit and um but yeah i mean uh yeah, I think they were flattered. I don't know. I don't know if they really truly get what it is that's going on, but with our band or what. Yeah. Do, do but, you know uh, how many songs you wrote that that you talk about your mom in? Actually, don't know. A eight, bunch. Eight, eight songs. Oh, eight songs. That's not too many. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a lot, but not spread over the whole discography. Most of them are. Like, you got like five on the on the first record, so you were. Well, there's, not just the first record? Uh, well, yeah, the self-titled record, you had five, and then you had uh, two on uh, Scene and um, one on Pink Razors. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, My Dad versus Paul McCartney, I guess. would we, Does that count? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your dad's mentioned in three songs. So. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I took notes on that because I, I I'm kind of fascinated with weird things like that, so... Well, it's definitely weird. I think if my kids started writing songs about me, I'd be like, okay, I'm not comfortable with this. <laughs> Give them time, KJ. Oh, yeah. So uh, what restaurant was it that you worked in? Was that you? Yeah, yeah. actually, Mike Mike Egermont and I both worked in this restaurant. Well, I met a girl, but she doesn't work here. And she wasn't
and I think it was like we were 15 when we started there and it was the first restaurant in Calgary that had a patio which wasn't until like the mid 80s or I think it was 83 we didn't get a restaurant with a patio so <laughs> wow um that's like a glimpse I guess a little into Calgary a little bit and uh so yeah it was called Four Street Rose and um well, the cool thing about it was when we were like 15, they would let us drink after hours. There was sort of like an upper restaurant part that they would just let us drink beer and hang out and invite our friends. And so it was like uh, really cool that we worked there, mostly because we could get our friends um, drunk. <laughs> and uh, so that's kind of where it started. We worked there. I think actually Mike Egermont worked there well into the band going um uh so but in the it was a great restaurant it was like a fusion kind of cuisine restaurant probably the first in calgary that really did that too so and it's where like the calgary flames would hang out and famous people i remember like uh barbie benton sat in my section one time <laughs> to give you an idea of like wow. the kind the quality of people that were there <laughs> but uh yeah there's kind of like a dinner theater not too far away from there that you know, like the cast of MASH would end up like, you know, one by one going through there in Hill Street Blues. Do you remember that show? Yeah. Like the cast of Hill Street Blues would all go there. Three's Company, they were all through. And so they would eat at our restaurant. So it was kind of like a whoa. Wow. And interestingly enough, that's how we met the Super Suckers. Because the Super Suckers, who we'd never heard of before, played uh, or played in Calgary long before we knew about them and we met them when they came to eat at 4th Street Rose. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if that's a big deal, but that was a big deal to us. <laughs> cool, yeah. I worked at a crazy restaurant, man. It was, I, I love that song because of that because I, I know all that fun, bad stuff can happen. Mm -hmm. the, the the walk-in cooler stuff, yeah. Yeah, we have, I did, we not me personally, well, I did some stuff, but like everybody that worked at this place that I worked at uh, should be in jail for certain things, you know, <laughs> like even the managers for like, you know, embezzlement and all kinds of crazy stuff. But yeah, <laughs> it's fun, man. Yeah, it was great. It was great for, you know, being a 15 year old kid and being around a lot of like older people that were cool that like kind of mentored us through like some awkward, you know, years, the high school yeah. years. And, uh, but yeah, it was true. Like everybody at one point kind of fucked everybody except us. We were just like strikeout Kings and we just watched <laughs> everybody kind of like, you know, head home together after the shift. And well, me and Egermont just kind of, you know, didn't. <laughs> so, so you didn't really get the girl from Vermont? Uh, no, <laughs> but she was, there was a girl from Vermont. So there you go. I used to have this so bus boy, one. this bus boy used to work there and he would take like whatever beer was left over from pitchers and he used to dump it all together. Oh and God. After a while he'd have, he'd have a beer. <laughs> it was pretty disgusting. Well, maybe but, that's where coronavirus came from. Like, can you imagine <laughs> doing that now? Fuck. Yeah, there was there was worse things than that that happened there. But um, we worked with this one busboy that would change in the restaurant before work, but he wouldn't he wouldn't go in the stall and change. He would change right in front of the mirror. So when you open the door, he was he'd be there changing. <laughs> and um, 
one time he was fucking nude, completely nude, looking at himself in the mirror. Ooh. And uh, <laughs> somebody somebody that worked there walked in on him, and he didn't. I think he got fired for that. I'm not sure. <laughs> but um, I actually met Damn. my wife at that restaurant. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, long, long, long time ago. My my first shift at that restaurant, I was like, I didn't really grow until after high school. Like I grew a foot after high school, if you can imagine. So I was, you know, tiny. And the manager there was like six foot six. And uh, so I did my first <laughs> shift. And then he's like, oh, I'll show you where you sign in. You know, so we go upstairs to the office, which is above the restaurant. It's fucking black in there. And he lays down on the ground. Uh, he's like, hey, can you walk on my back? Oh. And I was like... <laughs> I'm not comfortable with that. <laughs> and I just like fucking left. And then it was never talked about again until probably just now. <laughs> but uh, it's fucking weird. Like that's, you know, the world, there's uh, people that giant, giant people that like their backs walked on by young boys. And <laughs> Yeah. They got the dark web to find people for that. <laughs> yeah, this is pre-dark web. Yeah, <laughs> go to a go to a Catholic church. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um. Uh. Okay. So here you go. Um. Uh. Ask like Mel, Master Mel Mel. Oh, Grandmaster, Grandmaster Mel, Mel. Mel Mel. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, is that what I said? Acts like Grandmaster Melly Mel. So it's not an ass. It's not ass. Yeah, no, it was like acts, oh. like it's like she was trying to be this like cool rapper. Oh, uh, so I think I just ruined a lyric. I've never seen Grandmaster Melly Mel's ass. I, I, it sounds like ass, and I know the lyrics uh, somewhere say ass, so I just assumed yeah. that I heard it right. <laughs> oh yeah, no. There's a, there's a lot of lyrics where it's like, hey, I really liked when you said this, and it'd be totally not what I said. This is why we don't print our lyrics generally, you know, because usually everybody else's idea is way better. I don't know about the <laughs> ass, like Grandmaster Melly will know one, though. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's the story with, uh, I hope things will turn around? Like, was someone really locked up or what? Yeah, that was like a very close friend of the band, like, forever. A uh, super crazy smart like author, um, just like someone who had it all, and just uh, took her own life. Oh no! So that was kind of like, yeah. I mean, I think that might be the first real serious song we've ever done, right? And um, and uh, but it was just like kind of happened while we were recording or getting ready to record Safeways. I was just like, holy fuck! Like it, uh, you know, kind of threw us all for a loop for sure. She's like someone who, you know, still continues to mean a lot to us.
sorry for your loss, man, but thanks for such a great song. Totally. I love that song, man. That's my favorite on Safeways. Oh, thanks. That song's really good. I love how that guitar at the beginning is just like the... You know, you know how it goes, but that sounds yeah. really awesome. <laughs> I love that shit. Thanks. Another thing we haven't talked about that I've always kind of wanted to know more about is the 2012 EP, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What led you to uh, do that? You just didn't want to separate the songs because they're clearly different songs. You know, people think of it as just one big song. <laughs> what well, is one song? Well, yeah. <laughs> Did you write it intending it to be one song? Or I imagined it was a bunch of separate songs and you just kind of wanted to do something uh, fun. Yeah, well, it, it, you know, um, it's, uh, yeah, and that's kind of, you know, the first couple songs were like, you know, Dusseldorf. Um, and then the Seattle one was kind of one of the first ones that kind of came along. And, and it was just kind of like we had played some of these places and, you know, it's kind of humming about, you know, whatever, you know. And so those songs kind of came along. And then Mark had kind of said that he didn't want to do do it anymore. And so, you know, he's my best friend. We, you know, basically hung out for, I don't know, 40 years. I don't know, like we've right. known each other forever. And uh, so I was like, well, why don't we, you know, and he's the guy in the band that's like the, he's kind of the funniest guy, you know, by far. Um, uh, so he, you know, was worried about like, fuck, how is it going to be fun without him around? Because he's like, you know, he's the guy that walks in and makes everybody feel comfortable and makes everybody laugh. And, you know, but is also, he's like, uh, the quickest person when it comes to like jokes, you say something and he is like, before you finish the sentence, he's already come up. You know, you, you might have a friend like that who's just like yeah. insanely quick. So it's kind of like, fuck, how is touring going to be fun without him there? And, you know, so, and, you know, we were all talking about it. So we decided to kind of do it as a tribute to him, our last, you know, year of touring with him. Yeah. And so it kind of cool. came out of that. And then, um, and what I like about it is that it's one song. And I think it pissed a lot of people off because it's not all chopped up. <laughs> and, you know, nobody can listen, you know, you nobody can listen to anything longer than three minutes, you know. So, um, you know, maybe we'll do a version one day to just like separate them out but, for all of us OCD yeah. freaks. Yeah. But it was it was actually really hard to do um, that for us. Did you track it are, all as like one one shot live or what? No. Well, it's funny because we practiced that thing <laughs> for a couple years. And so the bed track that you hear is like, so we had done like maybe three minutes of it to get the levels, you know, for everything in the studio. Yeah. So, um, and then we did, that's the first take we did. We did it. And um, our friend Russ, who uh, records all our records, he's like, that's it. It's done. And we had booked three days <laughs> in the studio <laughs> to do it and we did it in the first i don't know i guess 24 minutes and 45 seconds wow and uh so that is actually us playing (laughs) it we actually had to take a little bit out because we couldn't fit it on the side of one vinyl record so there's a lot of logistics to go into this one so um I know it's a lot of people's least favorite Chick Sticker record, but it's my favorite by far. I think that a lot of people, and it's funny too, like back to, you know, talking about that song that nobody listened to on that compilation. There's people who are name checked in that song 
who have no fucking idea they name they were name checked on that song <laughs> because they never fucking listened to it. So because <laughs> it's twenty four minutes long. So um but yeah, I like like I, I think it I think it's you know, I think it's great. You know, I'm proud of it. And and it's one of those things, you know, where you hear about like well, sometimes when you do something you're proud of or you know, those inspirational speakers or whatever and yeah. you know like you've got to like it for yourself or whatever or that hokey stuff. But it's like, I was like, Oh fuck. I love this record and it's great. And it says something, but it, and it's also just like a tour diary, you know? And so it's, and it's something nobody else has ever done, you know? Totally. So it's, yeah. it's a lot of things. Plus we just are honestly, our goal at the beginning uh, was just to be a little bit longer than the decline, just to say, oh, our song is actually greater <laughs> than the decline. That was like our whole, you know, um, sort of impetus. So it's a lot of things, I guess, that record. And uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. You're right. It is a whole bunch of different songs in one song or whatever. Yeah, it's got different movements. I guess you would call it whatever. <laughs> movements. <laughs> <laughs> I like. Uh, you, you rhymed uh, masked intruder with your personal computer. Yeah, I was <laughs> struggling. <laughs> with, I was struggling with how to. That's a tough, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other Ooter scooter, I guess. Scooter. Hey, yeah. so Scooters. do you remember when masked when masked intruder first came out? We've talked about this before, but um, people thought like you were one of the the rumored suspects. You know, like people thought it was KJ from Chick Stiggett actually totally. singing. Did you ever hear that? Yeah, well, I, yeah, people are like, I got lots of nice compliments on that first Mass Intruder record that I had <laughs> nothing to do with. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, you know, honestly, if you put the voices side by side, I think you can tell the difference. Not even close. I don't, I don't, yeah, hear it I at would all, say, but... you know, but in, in that, in that, that I think is a glimpse into how people listen to music, right? I think everybody hears things differently, you know, and, and so to some people that sounds identical. So, um, so I don't know. I don't know how to science or something. Yeah. But just for the record, we love Mass Intruder and, uh, love those guys. And, uh, and, uh, but yeah, I think we're two totally different everything's, you know? Oh yeah. So can we go through, um, and talk about some of your favorite songs on each record, your favorite song, maybe your least favorite. Yeah, well, you know, let's let me do put best my, and worst. Uh, yeah. That'd be cool. Okay, let me bring up the. I have no idea. You know, it's funny because I don't remember what songs are on which album anymore. So hold on, let me just look on the computer. Here. <laughs> I like when we do those things, Nate. Those are cool. Good idea. Who came up with um, "Dolphins Love Kids"? That that total finger tapping thing or whatever it is. You know, that was uh, out of a. Uh, just Mark. <laughs> oh, oh, that thing. Um, yeah, yeah, you know the the, the intro to that record. Where it's uh, yeah, just that like, long. Just the music part of it. I think the yeah. I think it was just like something I hummed or whatever, and then Mark played it. I think mm. that's kind of how it happened. Maybe hmm. I don't. I don't know. Fuck. That's like nineteen ninety two. Okay. Here we go. So first record, Dolphins of Kids, Gray Legs. Where's your mom? Henry Rollins is no fun. I want to have you song for our stock like that. Henry Parade, three two three Angers Man. Toys is coming down. Shining. Uh, so I have to pick a favorite and a least favorite. Sure. Did you actually just a meet favorite? You know what I mean. Did you go to La La Palooza and meet Henry Rollins? No, but I did go to the first La La Palooza. Yeah. And uh, and it was Rollins' band, 
Yeah. Jane, no Jane's fun. Addiction. Yeah. <laughs> no fun. Yeah. But it was more just like he was doing these stand-up things that were like super like depressing. Mm-hmm. And and somebody had put it on on tour one time when we were like drinking after a show and somebody puts on Henry Rollins' spoken word. <laughs> oh, boy. And it's like, fuck, we're just like, you just had a fun show and let's have fun. And then what is this guy going on about? Like, fuck, I just want to go to bed now. Yeah. So it was kind of like about that. <laughs> Did you ever hear anything from him about that song? Do you know if he's ever even heard it? Well, there, uh, there's a magazine called Flipside. You remember Flipside? Sure. Yeah. And Al from Flipside was in touch with Henry, and Henry wrote a postcard, and he gave it, and Al gave it to me, and it yeah. was it was really nice. Like we are Henry Rollins fans, you know, like right, like him, and but it was we were he was just bumming us out that night, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I could see uh, that. Okay, favorite favorite song on that one. Uh, okay, I'm gonna say Jerry Cheever's. That's great. One. And song for R. song for r at the time was kind of like a song that i had to write it was like um just things going on it was kind of a heady time for the band because we were getting courted by major labels and stuff right and you know at the time like i'm a funny looking dude and there was a you know i was getting attention from girls that i should not have been getting attention from and so it was kind <laughs> of like that it was kind of so i'd say song for r or jerry cheers right on Okay, second record is born on the first of July. So I got a, I got a really stupid question for you. What okay. what, what is R then? Song for R? So well, it was a girl I was dating at the time, and she had okay. a name that began with R, and she's like, "You can just call me R." <laughs> so, uh, second record, 
Yeah, near Miracle Surgery was coming to be a cheaper car to your job. I don't know. Fuck it. Brunette Summer all day long. That's the Okay, shit. you know, Brunette Summer, I, I, you know, I'm happy with that one. But I think that one uh, is a bit of a ripoff of Cindy Lauper's Money Changes Everything. <laughs> I never really noticed that, but dude, so what? Still rules. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> so time, so what's getting there when we recorded getting there, we thought this is uh, going to be a hit. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been, man. Yeah, totally. Fuck. I don't know, man. Uh, so quick question for you. Yeah. Ohio. Did you guys yeah. just drive through there and were like, fuck this place or what's that? Home of the whooping, right? Yeah, we had <laughs> yeah. played. We had played there, and actually, I just saw a poster for it somewhere online. We played with this band Zen Gorilla, and but there it was some kind of fucking party with like white supremacists. Oh man! Like it, like who happened to come? And when we were playing, it was our first time playing in Cleveland. And actually, this is a similar story to the meeting the Groovy Ghoulies one, because uh, these guys were like drinking their beers and then one guy would hold the beard down on the ground like a football like you know he kick a football off at the beginning of the game yeah and they would boot the beer (laughs) over top of us while we're playing and the beer bottle would smash and the glass would rain down on us and then so we were like three songs and we're like fuck this so we left so we're leaving and then there's these two giant guys there and we're like fuck okay here we go just like the groovy ghoulies they want to fight us and uh, ended up being these guys from a band out in East Coast Canada uh, called the Monoxides. And we actually went to their hotel room. They they actually got a room for us because they were on a major label at the time. And uh, one of the guys' dads was with them. And he's like 80 years old, but he was selling merch for them and stuff on the road. So anyway, it was just... Uh, so that happened. Next morning, we go for breakfast in the hotel. Sorry, these stories are too long. No, no, man, no, no. You're great. Right. Anyway... Uh, go for breakfast in the like sort of like a Denny's kind of thing at the at the in the hotel like the restaurant yeah. and uh, there was like these two women in there and they both had like fucking black eyes oh, no. and and the you know the night before it was just like violence and we're not into that and it was just like everybody looked like they'd had the shit beat out of them in wherever we went in this one part of Cleveland so we just assumed that all of Ohio was like that <laughs> and uh <laughs> So I apologize to anybody from Ohio. It may or may not be true. So, um, but yeah, a favorite song on that one. I don't know. Uh, Quit your job. Quit your job. I think is the catchiest one for me. You quit your job. Scoot you around. Scoot you around. Scoot you around. I just saw like a couple weeks ago the uh, comp that was also on is uh, the anniversary was 21 years ago. You believe that shit? That's crazy, dude. Right? I heard that sold a million copies. Really? Really? Holy crap! Yeah, that's crazy. All right. So what about from scene to shining scene? I would say my favorite song on that. I kind of like honestly like. There's a bunch of. I think the best songs we have coming up are slower songs yeah and so but i think this one kind of has more slower songs 
like Marcus Louise and yeah. folks are gone. Uh, going to the Peelers. Peelers is folks are gone. Born so in Toulouse. That I think would be my favorite one on that record. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I think, um, I think it's the best sounding song on that record too. I think hmm. uh, that one, from what I remember, I haven't <laughs> listened to these. Yeah. <laughs> You were just 18 when you first came to the house. Couple years, six months on me. When I turned 16, had your second album out. It was better than the first to me. All the friends. Whose idea was the uh, Spanish Fever video? That was pretty funny. Um, you know who that was? Uh, maybe fuck, I can't remember. Um, usually it would be like I kind of like shit to not make sense, you know, <laughs> like uh, with what we're doing. I don't like to be too literal or whatever. 
And uh, I think it goes from the band name. We're called Chicks Dig. We're not really like you would think our name would be, you know. And I think our first video, like, where's your mom? You know, we got a bunch of video people who were like, hey, you can dress up like your moms and do all this mom stuff and whatever. And we're like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I want to do something that doesn't make sense, you know. And so, but this one was, I think, a little <laughs> bit on the nose. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I... It's actually, there's a movie called Shanghai Noon with Jackie Chan sure, and yeah. Owen Wilson. Is that right? Owen Wilson? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so we filmed it on the set that they shot that movie. And hmm. I don't remember whose idea it was, though. But we did have, uh, like, dance rehearsals for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a bunch of them. Wow. Like, so many that it's embarrassing how bad we actually dance in the video because it's like there was really no point to doing all the dance rehearsals we did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Uh, Next one it says is pink razors. Razors. Fuck. I don't know. Crowd (sighs) favorites are like, I remember you probably you're pretty good. I love fucking geo cities. That song has one of the best choruses like ever. It's just you so know, good. I'm gonna pick GeoCities Kitty, and we we had gone out drinking, and we ended up at this club, and the Casualties were playing, okay. and uh, so we had gone in, and the Casualties were playing. We just thought it was fucking hilarious. I bet. Like it was like it was super fun. Like you know, I mean, uh, like we don't know anything about the band to this day, but we had just gone to see them, and it was just like super oi 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 and whatever and we'd gone back to our practice space after and we were pretty drunk and um i was playing drums actually but singing and uh we just kind of came up with it and recorded like a little tape version of that but it was because we watched a casualty show (laughs) (laughs) you got
the commentary at the end of this album. Um, I, I, I think this was the first album I heard that done. Boris the Sprinkler did it. I don't know if that was before or not, but I think yours was the first that I remember. Um, but I think Norb claims that, that you stole it from them. I'm not sure about that, but it's pretty funny. Like, was that literally how it is? You guys just listened to it back and talked? Well, I think we, you know, and first of all, Norb's probably right, but I actually, I don't think we would have knowingly <laughs> stole it from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm sure they did come up with that first. Like, Norb's a genius. Totally. Um, but yeah, basically, we, what we did was, um, we, we listened to that record three times, recording our commentary. So it's basically that that commentary. The first half of it is the first time we're going through it, and then it cuts to the last time we're doing it. And by the last time, we're fucking hammered. Yeah, and I don't yeah. know if you can tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You get drunk. That's why I was wondering, like, yeah. how did this? Yeah, I mean, we were hammering him back though, and <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to make excuses, you know, for being a lightweight now, but um, yeah. Chicks dig it too. Uh, didn't really turn out the way we wanted it to. I think we we kind of rushed that one. Uh, but that's all of them, isn't it? Um, links, yeah. Yeah, and all then you got uh, come. that was kind of that was kind of easy for me. Safeways. Safeways was going to be a full length record, but I was just like, "Fuck!" You know, some of these bands and some of them are friends of ours. I have to say. We're putting out a record every year and there'd be like one or two good songs and then it'd be like the rest it's just kind of like eh, really is that your best stuff but it's just you get in that kind of you know um what do you call it like a cycle or something yeah like you a know? routine yeah and it's like we got to put a record out because we're going on tour this year and blah 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 we have well three good songs and then the rest are but whatever it's a record and i, I just didn't want to do that anymore in fact i don't want to do that anymore so um, that's kind of why there's only, what, seven songs on that. It was supposed to be 12, but I was just like, fuck, these songs just aren't good enough. Hmm. So we made it an EP, and there was, like, I guess a little bit of arguing back and forth about that, but that's kind of what happened. Yeah. Do you still hate basketball? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny because uh, my daughter's into basketball. And so, like I said, <laughs> kids will rebel. And yeah. so. <laughs> no, I like basketball. It was just like at the time I'd gone back to college and I was sitting there as these fucking kids bouncing basketballs in class and shit. And I was just like, come <laughs> on, I'm tr- I'm paying for this shit. Your parents are probably paying for this. Right. And uh, so, and but it was basketball was everywhere. And I was just like, oh, fuck, you know, nobody's into rock and roll here. It's all basketball. So that's all it was. I actually don't mind basketball, you know. Yeah, my kids, my kids played softball and baseball. They they're done mm. now. They just they just a couple years ago they were done. But man, those were that was the sport. I I never got into baseball. So sitting there watching little kids play, you know, it's brutal. Hot summer days. <laughs> you know when my kids, kids? But you know how it is. Your kids aren't really doing anything for ninety five percent of the game. You know, they're right. sitting in a dugout or they're they're sitting down picking grass out in the outfield. You know. Yeah. yeah, but uh, but you know how it is. I I just couldn't stand it, you know. Um, you know, um, you know, what we got into was baseball in Japan, like Japanese baseball. It's so fun, and so Chiba, who's the guy who books tours over there, who brought us over, mm-hmm. he's actually um, a concert promoter, but he's also he runs the Japanese bandy team. 
Do you know what bandy oh. is? It's like hot. It's like field hockey, but on ice. No. And then he's also a professional re- wrestler, <laughs> um, but he's also a ba- a professional baseball scout. So he has like these four like super intense jobs. And so we told him, yeah, we want to go see baseball. And uh, he was just like super excited. So he got, we, I think we saw four games in a week there. Wow. Um, wow. Japanese baseball is so fun. We've gone to lots of games in the States, but man, in Japan, it's like a thousand times better. Yes. Why is it so much better though? Like what's different? Um, it's just like a show and, and just like every part of it's a show, every player like that comes out, like the fans have a different dance for a different song uh anytime certain things happen in a game there's a dance that everybody does in the crowd and i don't know it's just like like and you know the food is actually really good like honestly like the first baseball stadium we went to in osaka like that fucking food stand there would be the best japanese restaurant in canada probably (laughs) if it were here you know yeah food's great there's like uh you know beer girls running around with like the big backpacks with the tap Okay. So they're just going around filling up your cup constantly. Oh, cool. And so you get super loaded and you eat really well and the game's fun and it, I don't know, it's just great. Sounds like so. a good time. The uh, the local team here, you know, in between innings and shit, they have like mascots come out and they have beer bottles, guy, guys dressed as beer bottles running down the baseline and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I imagine in Japan, it would be much more uh, animated and, and crazy, but it'd be similar. Just more fun. Yeah, it's just nonstop. You know, and but the baseballs are actually really good too. Like it's it's a lot more about making plays than it is about hammering it out of the park. So um, just a lot more stuff happens. And so I like I found that it was a lot more fun to watch. Cool. So it's more mm-hmm. like about the defense then. Yeah, or just like making <laughs> interesting things happen. It's more like an art than it is like a, this giant guy hitting it out of the park every time. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, of I'm course, generalizing, but shit. yeah, but uh, in, <laughs> probably not a lot of that. Right. This is, uh, this is really good for next week, Jody. Yeah. I was we just need... thinking that, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, it sounds cooler than American baseball because American baseball, it's like, that's what you put on when you're looking for an afternoon nap. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not much of a baseball guy, I guess. We're not baseball guys. And, you know, we just, like, got into it. But, uh, yeah, those guys are, like, they play baseball. And, cool. Um, yeah, we played a show in Vancouver, the, actually the last Muff show ever. And uh, Kim and I both uh, sang the national anthems uh, at, one of, one, at a game for their league there. Really? Which is a pretty competitive league. That's cool. Totally. That mm. is cool. Have we talked for two hours? Uh, almost. Been recording for one thirty-eight. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, we're <laughs> we are one thirty-eight. We're talking so much. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's super fun. I love your guys' show. Like it, uh, you know, and and you know, I love that Franz from Reduno loves your show because Franz is one of those guys that uh, I mean, you've talked to him enough. You kind of get an idea. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you guys have you ever met him. Not, Not face to in person. Face, no. no. Well, let me guess, you probably feel like you know him. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and he's one of those guys. And uh, so, yeah, like, I love how much Franz loves you guys, too. (laughs) Yeah, he's got an open invitation to come back anytime. Oh, yeah. 
He's like one of our favorites. Yeah, totally. Let's hear it for Franz. Sorry, dude, had to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's just so smart and so like, you know, into it. But he's one of those people that get shit done. You know, like he's got his hands in a lot of things, a lot of projects. Yeah, he plays in a band, runs that club, which is kind of a it's a club that you every year you have to sort of justify why you can keep running this club there and like people vote on it and stuff. And and so he's kept that kind of from turning into like a techno club or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's busy doing that. And and it's funny, you know, like we our first couple of European tours, we had a driver. And it was like, hey, you mind pulling over? I got to piss. And they'd be like, sorry, we got to make the show. And we're like, we don't care about soundcheck, but I got to piss. And they're like, sorry, we gotta, you know, it would never stop. So we just vowed we're driving ourselves from now on. We see a <laughs> fucking castle. We see a, a restaurant. We see anything we want to stop for. We're stopping. And what we do is we email all the promoters and we say, we're not going to soundcheck. Um you know, and I word it in a way it's like we really want to learn about where you guys live or whatever. Yeah. But really, at the end of the day, we just want to sleep in. We want to eat when we want to eat. We want to drink when we want to drink. We want to <laughs> go to a castle or whatever the fuck. Right. And then so, Franz is like, yeah, we want to drive you guys, and we're like, well, we want to drive ourselves. And and he's like, no, it'll work out. And Diego, his partner, um, right before we got there, their van, their company van broke down. So um, they they had two cars that half the band went in one car and half the band went in the other car. Yeah. And so Franz drives super slow and Diego drives like super fast. So <laughs> we would get there like two hours before the other guys, you know, <laughs> in the fast car kind of thing. Um, but they were like, there were, I remember there was one show and we were supposed to play at like 11 o'clock at night. And we like stopped for dinner and then they're like oh we got to stop in this town because there's this ice cream place that's really good so we go to this ice cream place and it's like 10 o'clock at night we're three hours from the town and we have to play in an hour (laughs) and uh they're like oh don't worry about it it's cool we'll just call the club and so they call the club and then fuck we hit this other town they're like hey so-and-so's dad has a restaurant here let's go we got to try this thing so we fucking stop again for food (laughs) and we show up at the club at like almost two o'clock in the morning and we've eaten like seven meals had like eight ice creams and you know so we told them yeah we'd like to stop and they took that literally and so we get there two o'clock in the morning clubs packed people didn't care everybody's just was a little bit more drunk than normal had a kill like the show was amazing and that's just how they kind of run things there it's organized but it's also like fuck whatever you guys want to do you know and and that's that's kind of who Franz and Diego are, right? That's how they kind of do things, and that's like our style. It's like, yeah, you know, I don't give a shit about sound check. We're either going to sound good or we're going to sound bad. But usually, we sound like how we always sound, and you know, sitting in a dark club in wherever the fuck, you might as well be in, you know, Regina, Saskatchewan, for all we know. <laughs> so we we have a no sound check rule, and. uh you know, we fill it with, you know, whatever we want to do kind of thing. And those guys, that's their style. It's like how every band I think should tour. Like, don't take it too seriously. And fuck, you're in Italy or you're in wherever. Right. When Enjoy are you going to be back? It. You don't know. Yeah. Enjoy it. Totally. So tell us, I know we talked a little bit about new songs and stuff, but I mean, realistically, next year, twenty. I mean, 2021, we get a new Chick Stigget album or what? Yeah, I mean, I, fuck, I don't know. We were thinking this year, and uh, 
but I think it's, you know, everybody's got young kids, like two of the guys just had kids again. And so it's tough and, you know, uh, you don't want to be, it's gotta be fun for everybody. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, so, um, but I think everybody's ready to, you know, finish some of this stuff that we had started and we have like, cause when we did that 2012 song, cause we had that extra studio time, we did 15 songs then too. Really? That we ha- we haven't finished totally, so it's like Ooh. fuck. I don't even know like uh, what's going to happen with all these songs, but uh, hopefully we can. You know, um, it's been so long that I just don't even remember how to what to do. I guess what do I do? Call the label and tell them we want to put out. Our- I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta I gotta uh, maybe ask around because I don't I don't even know how to approach putting out a record anymore. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> But yeah, hopefully next year. Cool. That's exciting. Very exciting. Cool. Well, you're definitely welcome to come back and, uh, you know, let us uh, debut a song or something. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like, that would be um, awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I love what you guys are doing. You know, like, there's been these like pop, pop, pop punk message boards in the past. And there's always like, you know, it's always kind of a bummer to be honest with you. Like, it's like, what's your worst? What's your least favorite? This, why do you hate this guy? What's your shittiest band in your opinion or whatever. And this is like, you guys don't really do that. It's all like kind of positive and funny and fun, you know, and, Try. and I love that, you know? And, um, I think that there's not too many, there's, it just seems like a lot of Joey and Dee, Dee Ramones punks on your site and not too many of the Johnny ones, you know? <laughs> if I can put it that way. Sorry, Linda. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, sorry, Linda. kidding. You know, but uh, you know, it, it just seems like I like the the you know generally positive part of it. It, may, it keeps it fun, right? It's not like yeah. why is this guy the shittiest singer in whatever, and why is who's the worst drummer or whatever? Right. Like, I don't know, man. Like it's like yeah, we just kind of want to celebrate the shit we love and fuck everything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, I went to 20 years ago now, before my wife turned uh, 21, um, we went up to Canada. We went up to Thunder Bay. Okay, yeah. Because it's, it, the drinking age is 18 there, so you know how that is. So we ended up at this bar called the Apollo. I don't know how oh, I remember yeah. this, but there's a chick stick it sticker in the bathroom, right? Or maybe it was on the bar. So it's in, in the bar. It's, it's either on the bar, behind the bar, or in the bathroom. And I was wondering, did you guys play there? Have you guys ever played in Thunder Bay, Ontario? Yeah, we played, you know what, and uh, we re- refused to play Thunder Bay ever again, by the way, just for the record. <laughs> um, and that's for a couple of reasons. One of them is we, uh, our first tour across Canada was with Pansy Division. Okay. And yeah. Pansy Division was supposed to play a club in Thunder Bay. They drive to Thunder Bay, if you can imagine how fucking impossible it is to drive there. It takes forever. Yeah. If you're going along the Trans-Canada Highway, it's in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so they drive to Thunder Bay, and then the promoter realizes that they're gay and won't <laughs> let them play. Really? really? Yeah. And so we found out about that, and we were driving back and playing Thunder Bay on that tour after we had played with Pansy Division. And uh, they actually had a cool system where he they had like a conveyor belt system where you put your stuff on a conveyor belt and they took it right to the stage kind of thing. Um, cool. And, uh, the, the club owner was there. I'm like, I'm going to ask him because this can't be true, you know? And I said, 
you know, to him, like, uh, hey, is this true? You didn't let Pansy Division play here because they're gay? And uh, he's like, we can't have a gay band play in our bar, he said to me. And I just said, fuck you. And we <laughs> turned the, the, we reversed the um, conveyor belt and rolled all the shit back up to our band and left that town. And we have had a couple shows there that have been better, but we just run into some shit in Thunder Bay. It's backwards and homophobic and, <laughs> you know, wow. yeah. I don't know. No, no. Back to your question. We played the the Apollo in Thunder Bay with the Riff Randalls. And cool. It's a stupid story, but I still bug Kathy about this because Anne Marie and Kathy were both like twenty, and we were leaving the bar like you know for the night, and uh, some old drunk guy had made fun of them for being like sixteen or whatever, and Kathy had turned around and said, um, "We're like." in our twenties to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so every time she turns like another, like when she turned 30, you know, I was like, Oh, now you're like in your thirties. It's just like a stupid thing. But anyway, that was the Apollo. So that must've been like, that must've been in the two thousands though. Right. Like that was too late. 2000, the was, year 2000. Yeah. Two, yeah. Okay, so I, I I don't even remember. Like my wife is, she turns thirty nine this year, so it must have been after that. So yeah, so we must have just been there like after you guys played there. So yeah, I don't even know if that place is still there. I have no idea, but it was like you know we just kind of randomly found it. Like where can we go? And that once I walked in, I'm like, yeah, this is probably the the only bar in town that I would like, because the rest of the town seemed like strange brew, like. You know, like the residential areas were all, they all looked like Bob and Doug McKenzie's house. And it was kind of right, weird. Yeah. But yeah. Def- definitely a, a strange town. But yeah, I just thought it was cool. Like I always thought maybe they, maybe they played here. Maybe this was a cool stop for them. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the the bar, I remember not being too bad, but it's that town. Fuck, it's just, there's some <laughs> places back. you go. There's some places you go and it's just like, it's going to be better next time. Come on, you guys. Let's get pumped. It's going to I know it's Thunder Bay, but this time there's going to be no homophobes and no fucking racist jerks. It's going to be awesome. And then, boom. You know, and, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just like, you know, cut your losses and fly to Toronto. <laughs> yeah. Start your tour. Yeah. My, I've been, <laughs> I've kind of been to a bunch of places there. Uh, my buddy lives in Montreal, so I've, I've driven through. Uh, like London and Toronto quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And London is my absolute favorite place in that I've been there. I don't know why. Yeah, I just London's really like good. that city. Um, That's the I, most police per capita in uh, North America, London. R- really? Mm-hmm. I had never, but I like London. I like London. I didn't really know anything about it when I was driving through it. It was just like, okay, a city named London, no big deal. I didn't realize it was... It doesn't feel like a major, major city. Like... It, it's like what like four hundred thousand people live there. It doesn't feel like that at all. Yeah, it's not very big, but yeah, it does have a small town feel. But they have a good scene there. Like, I mean, they have like two call the good office. clubs. Yeah, yeah, call the office. Yeah, yeah. and uh, a guy named Tony um, Lima who who ran Call the Office. I don't think he does anymore, but he was kind of a little bit like a time bomb, Tom. Like <laughs> he he really like curated like a scene as opposed to just like booking bands, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, London's great. Montreal, I mean, is um, like 
like a world-class city i think it's like there's no city like it in the world um yeah it's 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 cool definitely mm-hmm. um yeah we went out there for my buddy's like bachelor party like not really a bachelor party but the couple days before he got married and mm-hmm. um the bars there they don't really close so that, that was yeah. sort of a that was sort of an experience you know staying out till four you know because oh, yeah. like my wife was there but she stayed home with his wife and it was like yeah we'll be home at bar time you know yeah <laughs> well <laughs> it's like two hours two and a half hours later than what our bar time is so yeah that was a not not great but yeah plus it's a different time zone too right so you're really up late yeah yeah, oh, yeah. no you were up. no it was actually easier for you right because you're from different time zone i'm, I'm an hour but... behind them so yeah 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 i mean uh yeah you guys should uh if it gets crazy down there move on up here totally <laughs> <laughs> yeah well my buddy like i could easily if i needed to i could go stay with him for sure so yeah i mean i mean who knows what'll fucking happen but uh i mean you know i, I no not back to the bummer talk sorry but uh yeah you guys no. are always welcome up here all right, all right kj thanks for coming by um long overdue to have you on the show um chick stig it's one of my favorite favorite bands of all time and uh, just, I just feel uh, pretty lucky to uh, be, you know, shooting the shit with you tonight. So thank you. Oh fuck, no, thank you guys. Really, it's been an honor. Like honestly, I, lo- I love what you guys are doing. So um, yeah, please don't stop. <laughs> All right, KJ, we'll have a great night, man. Yeah, thanks. You too. And uh, I think, uh, you know, I hope everything goes all right down there. You know, I like. I hope, you know. Uh, you know, not to get too political, but, you know, we're not really big fans of your president. And yeah. <laughs> uh, so I kind of hope that whatever happens can sort of bring about some fucking positive change down there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully things don't go back to normal, you know? Yeah. A new really, normal. Yeah. We need a new normal here. So. All right, KJ. Thank you. Okay. Yep. Have a great yeah, night. No Thanks so much. Yeah, you too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Craig from Batfoot, and you're listening to The Dummy Room. There you go, man. We had, uh, like, almost two hours of our KJ time. That was great, man. Finally. Yeah, finally is right. Absolute fucking legend. Um, Yeah, I I don't know what to say, but I kind of got to get going, man. Yeah, um me too. it's just a busy time right now and um yeah i just gotta get i just gotta get home tonight so right on well thanks so much for listening everybody we'll see you next week yeah man we'll see you later yep farewell bye-bye thanks for listening to the dummy room tune in next week for another fun episode till then i guess we always got sick on me beach so goodbye for now